At six, we will have Elevate. We're going to have a time of prayer, a time of worship. Um, so come and hang out with us. We will be here. Um, I want to thank everyone that participated and everyone that, that gave and, and dressed up their car all, all funny and weird uh, for our trunk or treat. Uh, we, it was so successful and just got to love on our community. And I've um, heard a lot of people that was their first time coming through, come first time coming by the church, and they said, man, this was really awesome. And they really appreciate it. So excited about that. Welcome again to Community Church. Um, I'm so excited that you're here with us this morning. I've got a message uh, about, about doing something this morning. Come on, I believe that God has called us all to a purpose. Come on. Come on, do we agree on that? I believe that God has called us all to do something. Come on. Come on. You can, you can, you can yell. You can shout. You, we don't reserve shouting at the preacher only for Elevate or when he offends us. Come on. You can, you can yell out with me. You can celebrate with me. So I believe that God has called and created us for a purpose. Come on, one of the themes this year at this church was the year of purpose. And I think that a lot of people got really freaked out last year. Do you think so? I think a lot of people got really freaked out because their purpose was taken from them. Because a lot of people find identity in what they do for their career, what they do for their work, and that was taken. You can't go to work. You gotta stay home with your kids. You gotta stay home. And a lot of people, their purpose was almost taken. Their identity was almost taken and people freaked out. Come on. Suicides rose. Mary, uh, divorces, the rate of divorce rose because people lost sight of purpose. That's all I wanna talk about doing something this morning. There is a story in the Old Testament of a, a gentleman, his name was Gideon. A lot of us know this story. And so there were some bad things going on in, in Israel, and Gideon was there, and God sent a messenger to Gideon. God sent a messenger to talk to him. Gideon was hanging out in a, on a threshing floor. He was doing his thing. And God said through the messenger, hey, I'm calling you to do something. I'm commissioning you to do something for me, to do something. You're going to hear me repeat that phrase over and over again this morning. Do something. And so Gideon got nervous. How many of you ever get nervous when you get ready to do something? You get real nervous. Uh, I, I, like telling, uh, I like telling funny wedding stories. I got so nervous at my wedding when we were, I was getting married myself. I, grabbed, I was supposed to take Brittany's ring and put it on her finger, and I took my ring out of her hand and started putting it on her finger. And my pastor said, that's the wrong ring. He took it. He took it from me, and I was, then I was even more nervous. We get nervous when we get ready to do something. Um, but God has called us to do something. We don't have to get freaked out. We don't have to get too nervous. It's okay to get a little bit nervous because our purpose is given by him, and our hope is in him. Thank you, First Lady, for backing me up as I catch my breath from singing them songs so loud. Um, I want to uh, go to the Lord in prayer really quickly before we jump into this sermon, uh, that he would help me, that he would, uh, the Holy Spirit would be with me as I speak. I'm so excited to speak this morning about this. God, I just pray right now. 
God, that you are here in this place. I'm so thankful that your presence has been felt already as we sang songs and lifted up your name in praise. God, I, I am thankful for healing that is going to happen in people's lives, God, in people's bodies and minds. God, I, I, I claim that healing. I claim it right now, Jesus. We lift up those things to you, and I just pray that you're here for the remainder of this service, God, that people, that those that are here, hear, uh, they hear the words that I've got to say, then you give me the right things to say, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. So let's talk about doing something. Sometimes I get really, I get upset because uh, on my days off, I want to go do my own thing. And it is always amazing to me, and guys, you, you got to say amen on this because I know you feel it, but like when you get ready to get up and go to work, it's hard sometimes. You don't really want to get up and go. You're like, ah, i got to do this again. But then, man, let me tell you something, opening day, you're up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. What? You're going to go do something probably harder, you know? Some of these guys out here hunting ducks, man, they get up and go stand in the rain when it's 30 degrees outside. And they're like, man, I'm having time my life. What? No, you're not. <laughs> but listen, you, you get up and you want to do something you want to do. And it's like, all right, let's go do this thing. And like guys will go out and fish. And if you're me, listen, I'd rather be taking fishing than take someone fishing because I'm terrible at it. I can catch, Jimmy, I can catch the biggest stick. Let me tell you something. I can catch a stick or a stump better than anybody in this room. I can catch a tree, and you'd be like, man, how did you get that thing way up? That is 50 feet up in that tree, Pastor. How did you do that? Let me tell you, I got skills, brother. So listen, but sometimes you get ready to do something you want to do, and you're like ready to go. But somebody else asks you to do something, and you're like, <laughs> I got to go wash my water, dude. You know, you get, you know, if, if my wife, if I come in, and I'm ready to go do something, man. I'm, I'm ready to go shoot the bow. I'm ready to go ride the bike, whatever. And she's like, hey, um, listen, there's 467 dishes. You think maybe? I'd be like, uh-oh, I'm sick, you know? Uh, and it's, I'm sorry. I just got to be honest with you. But we, we, get, we get ready to do the things we want to do. And I've seen so many people. And I want to encourage you this morning as your pastor and as your friend. I've seen so many people get called by God. God says to them, sometimes very clearly, I want you to do this thing. I want you to recognize your purpose. And people freak out and they run the opposite direction. And can I get really real with you? There's some of you in this very room. Our live didn't work this morning. Our video didn't work. And I think maybe that's okay because I want to talk kind of personal with you. I think there's some of us sitting in this room. You're not doing the things that God has called you to do. Now, am I getting on to you? Absolutely not. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you because, listen, I said two things. I'm your pastor and I'm your friend. And a lot of you, I was your friend before I was your pastor. And I'll be your friend after I'm your pastor. And so I want to encourage you. I'm not getting on to anybody, but I want to encourage you. Maybe you've been standing here and you've been thinking, man, I just really want to jump in. I really want to jump in. I really want to lay hands on somebody. I really want to, uh, I really want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I really want to do all these things. And I feel like maybe God's asking me to do these things, but I get nervous and I get freaked out. Come on, can I just say, just jump in. God's got you. Something I like to do when, it, when it's summertime and we go swimming, we go to a swimming pool, I like to just stand on the edge of the pool and just fall in. We used to have a pool in our backyard. 
I rebuke those things in the name of Jesus, by the way. Those setup pools that they have at Walmart, those are the devil, all right? And so we used to have one of those things, and um, I got home. I remember I, I got home, had a really long, hard day at work. It was a bad day, and I just climbed up on the edge of the thing. I still have my work clothes on, y'all, and I just fell in that pool. My daughter was like, what are you doing? Like she was freaking out, you know. She thought her dad done had a stroke or something. And so, but that's kind of the, that's the way I think about it, man. You stand on the edge of possibility. You stand on the edge of purpose. And I think, and I've used this metaphor preaching here before, but you look over and you say, man, that's deep. Can I tell you, it's supposed to be that way. God is deep. His purpose is deep and wide. Come on, and when you fall off into that, you ain't coming out, all right? And so I want to just challenge you this morning with this message. Dive in. Fall into the goodness of God. Fall into the goodness of his purpose for your life, his plan for your life. Come on. And this is something that we all need to be thinking about all the time. doesn't matter, young, old, in the ministry, outside the ministry, sitting in church, driving by the church. We all need to be thinking about these things because God has purpose for us. He has plan for us. And when we just fall into that, my father-in-law said something one time. He said, you can tell when somebody gets out of God's plan. Because all of a sudden, things just start going crazy in their life. And let me tell you something. I heard somebody say recently, they said, man, pastor, my life just got better when I started going to church. And I said, come on, brother. I'm so glad to hear that testimony. I've never heard it the opposite way. My life got a lot better, pastor, when I quit going to church. I've never heard that said. Here's the thing. We're a group of people trying our best to grow towards Jesus together. Come on, that's this community. And there's something to that. There's something special about that. So purpose, do something. All right, so um, if we're not doing, we're dying. Not physically, but spiritually. Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit, and he trims any branch that produces fruit, so that, will, so that it will produce even more fruit. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I don't know if anyone in here is really good at gardening. I'm absolutely terrible at it. I'm the worst. But I learned something the last time I had a little garden was that when there are parts of the tree or there are parts of the plant that start to die and go bad, you got to trim those off because that corruption will travel throughout the plant and it'll mess the whole thing up. So we're called to bear. We're called to do. Uh, let me tell you something. There are 1,440 minutes in every day. Let me tell you, that's 1,440 opportunities to impact someone's life. I dare you, I dare you to ask God to open opportunities for you to minister to people and see what happens. God, I pray that you open doors for ministry. I pray this every single Sunday morning over us as a family. God, open doors for ministry this week open opportunities for us to minister to our community, to our friends, to our family, and be your hands and feet 
come on. One thing that I absolutely love, there's a bunch of things I love about this church, but one thing is this church is in love with helping people. And that is so good. I've been in churches where people would come needing help and where the community was, was hurting and had issues and the church just stood there like a, like a lamp, like a light on the hill, a city on the hill that you could see, but the doors were all locked. Let me tell you something, family. These doors, metaphorically, we do lock them at night, all right? Somebody got on to me for that one time. I was preaching, and I said, the doors of the church are always open. And they're like, Pastor, I came by there on Tuesday at 8.30 p.m., and the doors were locked. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Would you like a key? <laughs> you, can, you can do something. Anyway, so listen, a lot of people settle with this church life where you come to church, you hang out on Sunday morning, and you hear the pastor, you give him a courtesy laugh when he tells a bad joke, and you stand up during the worship. Maybe you sing, maybe you don't, but that's it. And we, we try so hard in this house to get away from that because there's so much more. Remember that deep and wide thing we were talking about. There's so much more. But a lot of people, a lot of people don't pursue this, uh, this authenticity, this relevancy, following Jesus with everything they've got because of excuses. They've got excuses. And the first excuse a lot of people give. And listen, if I'm preaching to you this morning, I am absolutely not getting on to you. I just want to, I just want to share that again. I am absolutely not getting on to you because I have been and currently have these same excuses a lot of times. The first one is I'm afraid. If you have never been afraid to do something that God called you to do, then you've never felt the call of God on your life because it is scary. It is absolutely terrifying sometimes. And all throughout the Bible, when you read, when God would send a messenger, almost every time the person that received the message would freak out. Gideon said, oh, no, I've seen the messenger of the God. He thought he was about to die. So a lot of times when you get that message, it scares you, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you don't have faith. That means you're a human, okay? So don't worry about her. She's illustrating what it sounds like when I get afraid. So listen here. I want to tell you this. I just said listen here. Man, that made me All right. Listen, it says, for the, spirit of, for the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Come on, let me read that again. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid little mouse people, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline so that we can go and do those things. Come on, that's good. So when, when some little demon parks in your lawn or parks up in your, your, your place and says, hey, you can't do that thing because you're a scaredy cat or you can't do that thing because you're not good enough. I used to really struggle. I'm going to just be really open with you. Is that okay? I used to really struggle with getting up and speaking because of my weight. And I thought, man, it's kind of, you know, everybody's going to be looking at me. Everybody's going to be looking at my big self. And it was demonic. There was a demonic attack over, to my self-esteem that would, that would try to stop me from standing up in front of you lovely folks and speaking the word of God because I was afraid. 
And let me tell you, I got to a point after praying and being baptized in the Holy Spirit where I got to just look at that little devil when he says, you can't do it because you're fat. And I said, suck, I'm blessed. Okay? Does not, the spirit God gives us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Let me tell you what happens a lot of times. Gideon got in a comfortable place. When God says, hey, I want you to do this thing for me. I want you to build my kingdom in this way. A lot of times what we do, we run back into a comfortable, safe place. And let me tell you something. If you get in a comfortable, safe place, you're probably not growing. You're probably not growing as a person. You're probably not growing as a Christian, as someone following Jesus. When you run back in that comfortable place. So let's get uncomfortable. Let's push out. And don't worry about it. Don't worry about, man, I'm freaking out. Don't worry about that because God's got you, family. God's got you. You just got to dive in. You got to jump in. Listen, we all know the situation uh, that happened uh, in Afghanistan and something that just absolutely just struck me in the heart. There was a group of believers, and they were having church there, and they've been having church in this place for years. But when the United States military left and the Taliban took back over the country, these believers gathered, Miss Brennan, they said, what are we going to do? Because if we gather again, we will all die. And there was a woman, she was one of the pastors, and she said this, and it just struck me, man. She said, we're going to worship, and we will probably die, but we will die worshiping. Wow. Wow. And we get nervous to share the gospel with somebody at the grocery store. Man, God help us. God help us be like lions, God that are bold, not like timid little mouse people. I shouldn't say mouse. I've never seen anybody see a mouse and not like freak out. If a mouse just runs by, everybody's scared of a mouse. The second thing that people get worried about is not being able. I can't do that. I'm not smart. I'm not, I don't speak eloquently. I can't do all those things. Let me tell you what Ephesians 2 says. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Mm, Come on, can somebody say that with me? Masterpiece masterpiece. That doesn't mean that God spilled a bunch of paint and your portrait came up. No. That means he made you. He crafted you. You're his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Man, that's good. Come on. Some of us might need to stick that on a sticky note and put it on our bathroom mirror. Put it on our refrigerator. You're his masterpiece, and you're created for a purpose. Remember that. Don't you ever forget it. Listen, Moses had a speech impediment. We've heard this this taught, this preached. Moses had a speech impediment, and when God said to Moses, Hey, Moses, I'm calling you to go do this thing. It's going to be awesome. Moses said, I can't do it because I can't talk. And you know what God said? He said, Boy, I made your mouth. I can use it. Come on. God created you. God created you. God created you. And you are his masterpiece. So don't you ever get stuck behind this fog and curtain of I can't do it. Because we can do all things through him. All right. 
It doesn't matter what, you, what your issue is. You are able to do something. No excuses. We are the body of Christ, and the body is in perpetual movement. We don't slow down. We don't stop. We don't have to sit around and, and, and freeze. Come on. We're not, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep moving. So what can I do, Pastor? What can I do? How can I figure out what God wants me to do? Uh, God wants me to do something. But that something is a big word. What can I figure out? How can I figure out what he wants me to do? The first thing I want you to do, family, if, if you want to find out what God wants you to do, I want you to hit your knees. And I want you to ask, I just blew my mind. How to figure out what God wants you to do is to ask him. Wow. Let's go to him in prayer. Let's approach his throne boldly and say, Master, Father, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm. What do you want me? Can, can, can we just, can we sit on that for just a minute and see how awesome that is? That we don't have to go through someone else. You don't have to go through Pastor JB. You don't have to go through the 700 Club to get to God. You can just talk to him right now. Wow. The king of kings, Lord of lords, the one who created the universe, you can talk to him. That's amazing. God, what do you want me to do? How can I help? How can I help? Prayerfully ask God, how can I bless others? How can I be your hands and feet? Ask that question in prayer. Let me tell you something. When you begin to bless others, the blessings of God overflow, and some of that gets on you. Can I, can I be real with you? When you begin to bless others, when you begin to serve others, there is this feeling that comes all over you, that, just, that gets on you, that gets up in your spirit, this joy. Man, God, God set me free. And then you begin to see other people set free. Mm. Come on, that's that. In Pentecostal circles, man, you, stay, you just take off running when you see stuff like that. Pentecostal people love to get up and run. We need to start running more in this church. We used to do Jericho marches. We can't do it so much anymore because the aisles aren't as big. But we could try. Um, but listen, there is a blessing to blessing. There is a blessing to blessing. And I tell young ministers, when, when someone tries to bless them, hey, pastor, I really appreciate you. A lot of times we try to get really, um, we try to be really humble and say, oh, you know, I, uh, you know, man, accept that blessing. Accept that blessing because it's a blessing to bless. It is a blessing to bless. And so where are we, what are we doing here? Do something. Get in the zone. Understand that your limitations don't stop you from doing something for the kingdom of God. Your limitations don't stop you. You're not disqualified. And I would even go as far to say, um, worship team, as you guys come back, I would, I would even go as far to say that the failures of your past can help you as you minister. There are some of us that have faced things and that have gone through battles and trials, and it qualifies us more 
to help other people. It qualifies us more to speak in other people's lives. And I think that's one of the reasons that every little demon that knows what you faced 10 years ago wants to throw it up in your face constantly because they understand how relevant that information is to someone else's life. They understand how relevant that information is to someone else's struggle because if you can come and meet them and say, hey, brother, I was there. Brother, I was just as messed up as you were, but I grabbed on to some hope. And they hear that and they understand that. Wow. That's powerful. That's why we love testimonies. I'm excited for tonight because we're going to do testimonies. We're going to do testimonies. We're going to sing some worship songs. I'm not preaching tonight. You guys are going to preach. I'm not preaching. So I want you this afternoon to pray about it. Think about it. What can I say? What kind of testimony can I give? Because there's power to that. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray together. And we're going to worship a little bit. Do something. Do something. That used to be a challenge when I was a kid. You get two kids on the playground, and they, they'd be getting ready to fight, and they'd say, do something. And then the teacher would run over there and stop them. But listen, nobody's going to stop you from doing something for the kingdom of God. Nobody's going to stop you. Once you get over yourself and say, you know what? I don't have to be timid. You know what? I don't have to be afraid because I'm a free person. Because Jesus won the battle already. You get to go and do. Is that not good? Is that not good thinking about that? Man, I get to go and do. And I get to go be the hands and feet of Jesus. Praying for people. Come on. It doesn't mean that you've got to send thousands of dollars to somebody. Doing something could literally be just praying for somebody. Somebody says, man, I'm really dealing with a hard situation. And you say, hey, let's pray about it right now. That's doing something. Speaking the goodness of Christ into someone's bad situation. That's doing something. Movement. 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 Those moments. Come on. Think about this. Those moments where, you, where you're in, in someone's midst and they're going through something and you say, listen, let me tell you what he did for me. Are you gather with someone in prayer, you agree with someone in prayer, those moments create movement. And that movement of the body of Christ is, is just breathtaking to watch. The good things. Wow. Let's pray together. God, I just pray right now that every person in this room, God, realizes that they have the ability to do something for you. God, that they realize that they are called to a purpose, that you have a plan for their life, and that we're set free from anything that holds us back. God, that we're set free from any mess that stops us as part of the body of Christ, God, in this perpetual movement. So thankful. God, I just pray that there's a, a spirit of boldness, God, that we're not timid, that we're not afraid. God, that we realize that there's power when we move. There's power. God, I just pray that prayer over my friends right now, my family right now, that we would be bold, that we would move.
God, that we would do something for you because you've called us. You're so good. You're so good. Family, I want to do something really quickly. We've got a few minutes, and I just want to worship together. This praise team is going to sing, and I want us to just kind of think about the message this morning. I want us to think about that. God, how can I do more? How can I fight for those that are still locked up in chains of sin? How can I represent you better, God? How can I do something and follow my purpose and your plan for my life? Come on, let's worship together. God, we just lift you up right now in this moment.